T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Everybody, Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing, and we are ready to go with you today on a pretty wild ride. Now, it's a pretty good day, though. Pretty good hump day. Always are. Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joins us. It's been a while since we've seen the Jayhawks basketball team play. Uh, so we'll talk about that, what's been uh, happening in this time off. But uh, it's been a busy time for KU because they're going bowling. Liberty Bowl. Great bowl game. Love the Liberty Bowl against Arkansas. Great opponent. Great fan base. This will be fun for the Jayhawks uh, to do that. So we'll talk to Brian Haney about that. We've got Kevin Saul joining us. Wichita State basketball uh, in an interesting spot. I'm curious to get his take as they have, you know, sort of labored through this part of the schedule, but a big one coming up at Interest Bank Arena. Uh, what does he think of the team? Are they getting in a good position before conference play, which is what really matters right now for the program? So we'll talk about that and all things Shocker Athletics as well. That's coming up top of the next hour. That's what's on tap here on the program. Tommy, good morning. How are you on this Wednesday? I'm good. Ready to get into it today. A lot to talk about with uh, college hoops and college football, NFL. Uh, and then, of course, Major League Baseball, the big story uh, that Baseball. came down early this morning. So there's a lot to talk to today. You know, this is... Um, this is great stuff. I I love this. I love the Major League Baseball offseason. Um, it's it's a great time because everybody f- sort of feels like their team is, you know, starting over, getting a fresh start, has a chance. Um, you know, I sort of I, I certainly feel that way uh, with the Texas Rangers, who I love dearly, um, as they signed another starting pitcher yesterday. I think the Royals. It's as much. You know, for folks around here, is just a reset from last year. You know, can the same energy and buzz be recreated that existed last year going into the season when it was all about these great young players? It doesn't feel like it has so far, but the reality is all those great young players now have a little experience. If you thought they were going to be a good group last year, there's a better chance they're a good group this year than there was then. So, you know, it's it's the it's a great time of the year on the baseball calendar for that reason. And for Yankee fans, Tommy... Um, they can breathe a sigh. They can breathe a sigh of relief. 
as Aaron Judge is returning to New York, $40 million a year over nine, $360 million total dollars. Uh, so the magnitude of the deal is massive. Uh, it, it surpasses Mike Trout's $35.5 million that he signed with the Angels. He joins pitchers, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, both with the Mets, who are at 40-plus. Um, he bet on himself, and he won big. We'll dig into this because it's a very curious case. If you're a Yankee fan, Tommy, I think you have to be happy today, right? I've talked to plenty. When I've hosted the national shifts here on CBS Sports Radio, I've asked this question, and I never heard any Yankee fan tell me anything other than they got to get Judge re-signed. So I think Yankee fans are happy today. Yeah, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be. And I don't know if anybody really should be truly surprised by this. I mean, I know that the Giants made a push. I know that the San Diego Padres made a late push uh, to try to get Aaron Judge. But there was never a single moment in my mind throughout the entire season, throughout the entire offseason, up until today, that I ever really truly thought that Aaron Judge was going anywhere else. Uh, he's a Yankee. He's always been a Yankee. He's always going to be a Yankee. And I think that really what we saw here, in my opinion, was that, you know, he, like you mentioned, he bet on himself. He leveraged these other teams against the Yankees to try to get more money. I don't blame him. That's a pretty shrewd way to negotiate and handle things. And, um, you know, it was going to be a bidding war. We knew that from the beginning when he decided that he wasn't going to sign before the season or during the season. We knew it was going to be a bidding war with him as, you know, the most coveted free agent. But I never in my mind had any sort of inclination that he was really, truly going to go somewhere else. Now, if he would have chosen the Giants, I would have been surprised, and it would have been, you know, huge news, obviously. Um, but for for whatever reason, I don't know why it is, I just really felt like we're going to see Aaron Judge continue to be a Yankee, and he's going to be a Yankee his entire career. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I, I think the reason is because you just we all think there's no chance the Yankees let him go. They've had you know, of of the all-timer home run record guys, depending on whatever you think about Barry Bonds's, uh portion of it. But, uh, you know, in the non-steroid era, they've had all of them, right? They had Ruth, they had Maris, now they have Judge. It's storybook stuff. And, you know, butts in seats. If you're the Yankees, there was a ton of pressure to bring him back. And you knew it was going to cost you. There is very little chance, though, in my opinion, Tommy, that he lives up to this deal. He's older Right, he's not a he's no spring chicken. Um, he's going to be let's see, at nine years, he will be at the end of this deal thirty nine. So not awful, um, certainly with the DH around, but certainly he's going to have to do things we don't typically see from hitters to be making forty million dollars a year at thirty nine years old. Although you know the market by the time he's thirty nine nine years from now. $40 million might not be that big a deal, quite frankly, uh, because we're starting to see it become the new you know, baseline for the super, super, superstars. Mookie Betts still has the biggest contract in baseball history. 12 years, though, for his 365. So as far as yearly average, it's lower. Uh, Mookie Betts was much younger when he signed that deal. Mike Trout is the best player on the planet, period, End of statement, he is one of the, if not the greatest player of all time. And and he's 
got his 10-year, same same amount of money, 360. His is for a little over, it's around $36 million a year. He's going to be younger when his contract finishes out. Now, he may rely on his legs a little bit more than Aaron Judge, I suppose. But, you know, as we look at the mega contracts, Francisco Lindor's, you know, whatever. Tatis is up there. Bryce Harper's up there. uh, Corey Seager's up there after last year for the Rangers, although he's, I don't think, in this conversation with these guys. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton signed a huge one back when he did it. Uh, You've got pitchers, but... You know, it's not outrageous to the market, Tommy, but there, there's no way that late in this contract, and this isn't just a problem for the Yankees, it's a problem almost always with these massive baseball contracts, that late in the deals, teams end up eating a bunch of money, but clearly they're willing to do that. Clearly they don't care. So I, I sort of have a a weird opinion on this because, you know, we sit back and say, guys, going to be making $40 million a year. There's no way he'll be worth that at 37. I mean, you don't think the Yankees know that? They, of course they do. That's That happens all the time in baseball. So clearly, in the early portions of these contracts to them and to a lot of teams in baseball, that's no big deal. The money's worth it. Money well spent. The money they'll generate and help them win and do all those things early makes it worth the, you know, the kick in the pants you'll take late when it's obviously an inflated deal. Well, for a brand like the New York Yankees, the national brand – it's all relative. So whether or not Aaron Judge is worth it, you know, in his age 37 or age 38 or age 39 season, whether or not he's worth it on the field, yeah, that's one thing. But also his brand with the Yankees brand, there's a lot of money that, you know, will be coming in other revenue streams throughout the entire length and duration of that contract. So, you know, I, I think that when you say, is it worth it at the end? I mean, I think that there are there are different ways that you can gauge that, and it's not necessarily just the play on the field for a national brand like the New York Yankees. There hasn't been a player for the Yankees that embodies homegrown. the Yankees. Homegrown. Homegrown. Em- embodies the Yankees since probably Derek Jeter, and Aaron Judge is the next one coming in. And so, I mean, there are a lot of big names that have come in and played for the Yankees over the last several years. But since Derek Jeter retired, I mean, I, I, I don't I can't think of one that is like, you know, your prototypical Yankee, your, you know, 100 percent. He is a Yankee for life. And that's what Aaron Judge is now. And they needed that. And, and you know, for fans like it's not my money. What do I care? Right. Like, I just want to win. Uh, and I want a reason to watch the team. I need that guy, right? And and that guy comes in a variety of forms. When it was Derek Jeter, you didn't have to pay him as the highest played, paid player in baseball, right? You didn't have to make that commitment. And he was still the guy. So it's not necessarily tied to the guy with the biggest contract because A-Rod had the biggest contract, and he was never the guy for that team. I mean, for the Royals, the guy is unquestioned Salvador Perez right? He doesn't have the biggest contract in the world. He's got a nice contract, but he's the guy, right? They'll have it with Bobby Witt Jr., but he'll cost a whole lot more. So it comes in a variety of forms for teams. Judge just so happens to be the home run champ, the home run all-time champ, if you count it that way, which I do. Um, I think you've got to have two records. You've got to have the record the judge just set and the other records from the steroid era, two different things, and that's fine. They can coexist. But he's the guy, and he made history, and it made must-see TV every single night this summer until he got that record. 
And that's what baseball needs in general. So I, I'm no Yankee fan. Far from it. About as far from it as you can be. Don't like them. Despise them. They were my soul-crushing nemesis when I was a kid watching baseball. But I'm really glad Judge ended up back in New York. Um, the Yankees are the villains of baseball. And in order to be the villains, you have to be good. And in order to be good, you have to have the best players and spend a ton on them. And I'm happy that he's back there because I know how good it is for the game of baseball. Yeah, and also think about these other mega brands and other sports. You think of the Lakers and the amount of money that they you know, paid out to bring LeBron James to L.A. And LeBron James is old. He's an old yep. basketball player. But his brand meshes well with the mega brand of the Lakers. Um, it, th that's one of the reasons why these conversations that the Dallas Cowboys are having with Odell Beckham Jr. make it so interesting to watch if that's going to be a relationship that ends up happening and a contract ends up being signed there, whether for this year or for next year, because the brand of Odell Beckham Jr. and the brand of the Dallas Cowboys, it's intriguing to you know see those two things together. Same thing with Aaron Judge and the New York Yankees. His brand and what he brings to baseball and the Yankees brand, it just makes sense. And I think that's the reason why I've not really ever had, you know, even throughout this entire free agent, you know, period, ever really had a big concern that he was going to leave the Yankees. Yeah, he might have entertained offers from the Giants and the Padres, might have wanted to play those teams against the Yankees, try to get as much money as possible. But ultimately, his brand, the Yankees brand, the mega team, you know, the villain, the super brand, and then the biggest name in baseball. Of course, it was always going to come back to that. Well, I mean, look, hometown matters. We just saw Freddie Freeman go to L.A., even when he really didn't want to because he was trying to get back home. Um, so I, the Giants were looking to make noise, and we know that the Padres want to make noise. So I do think there was legitimate competition. I think – you know, from Judge's camp, probably from the beginning of this thing, when he turned down whatever it was, uh, seven years and 30-plus million, was, nope, Max Scherzer just got 40-plus. We're going to want 40-plus, and this is our, our number of years. And that's our baseline. And the Yankees just said, all right, fine, we'll do it. And we'll see. Time will tell if it works out on the field. But right now, the impact of it, at least in the short term, will likely be worth it for the Rangers. In the business of baseball, as far as winning games, I don't necessarily think any player that's not a starting pitcher is worth that kind of money. Um, but that's, a, that, you know, it's the market. The market is what it is. So you've just got to deal with it uh, if you're going to do it. Other uh, notes across Major League Baseball, um, the Padres, uh, speaking of Aaron Judge, reportedly bid more than the Yankees did. For him, by the way. So if that tells you anything about Judge's desire to stay. Jamison Tyon to the Cubs, four years, $68 million. Uh, Taiwan Walker had, like I think, four years, $72 million. The Rangers add another starter from the Dodgers, another injury-ridden starter uh, on a two-year deal, taking a lot of risk there. Uh, the pitching market, Tommy, is moving really, really quickly. And we'll see what that means. I think there's going to have to be a trickle-down effect as it pertains to the Royals. They're going to have to wait, but they may not have to wait that long because the top end of this market is is flying right now in Major League Baseball. So we're getting a lot of quick movement and, and just pitchers, the cost of pitching, no surprise, right? Shouldn't surprise anybody, is really, really high. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, of course, we're going to see this continue, you know, as we go through the offseason, the winter months, the winter meetings going on right now. And right now we're seeing the top tier pitchers like your Jacob deGrom and Justin Verlander and, you know, some of these other guys finding new places, finding new homes as it relates to the Royals. I mean, look, we, we always knew they weren't going to be in on those big names. They weren't going to be in on the DeGroms and the Verlanders and the Taiwan Walkers and Jamison Tyon and names like that. We knew that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, we've known for a while now that their big target is re-signing Zach Greinke. Um, and that's fine. I get that. He's a veteran guy. He's a, you know, homegrown guy, been with the Royals, you know, before. And um, it was nice to see that homecoming for him to wrap up his career in Kansas City. Um, I'll say today what I said yesterday when we were talking about free agency. I would love to see the Royals find another pitcher that maybe isn't going to break the bank, but find another pitcher that can come in and be in that rotation right now. Uh, because, yeah, clearly that's a development that Matt Quatrero and his new staff, they're going to have to work on these young arms, and I get that, and that's absolutely priority number one. But right now, I think for this upcoming season, they at least need another arm who can be inserted into that rotation right away. Uh, they do. I don't know what it's going to be, but I I think Tommy, if they're going to even win, if it's a middle of the road guy, even if it's someone, well, that, it, you know, it's going to be it. They're not. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get a front end guy. I I just it would be nice because they're going to need a backup innings eater. I, I mean, I hope if they sign a guy to be their number three starter, he ends up their number five starter and he eats innings because that means some of the young guys stepped up. I think if the Royals are going to be successful at their most successful this year. They can if if they're if they've got money to spend, and I don't know what their budget is right now. You go spend it, and you get two or three really good relief pitchers. That's what you do. Um, you get some guys that can bounce up and down between you know the rotation and the bullpen, and you get some back end guys that can shorten these games and take the pressure off the young pitchers to get deep into games. I think that's their best path to winning this year. Um, I, I do think they could use a veteran to help eat innings. I do. I agree with you. Uh, but I think their best path to win is to bolster the bullpen. The Royals, in, for, for me, the Royals will never get back to their glory days unless they have a really, really good bullpen again. And they, and they need to do that. And they had to trade a lot of that away, and it was the right thing to do last year. But you got to rebuild that, and you got to get that back up. And you got to have at least three dudes that the other team's afraid to come in and try and, try and hit late in the game. That if your starters can just get you to the fifth or sixth inning with the lead, you're going to have a good chance to win those games. That was the blueprint we've already seen for the Royals. And, by the way, it's a good blueprint for small market baseball. Yeah, my, my biggest fear for the Royals this season, and I think it's, it's more than likely going to happen, is that we're going to see a piecemeal pitching staff um, where, you know, you've got Zach Greinke, um, and then, you know, yeah, there's guys like Brady Singer and Daniel Lynch and other guys like that, you know, on the pitching staff, but they're trying to plug holes where they can. It's like that, you know, the boat that's got holes in the bottom and you're trying to plug the holes, you know, with bubble gum. And I, I, I had that fear that that's what we're going to be seeing this upcoming season, at least pitching for Kansas City. That's why I say, and I don't disagree with you, that, yeah, it'd be great to have a couple of really good, durable bullpen arms. Absolutely. Any team would want that. Uh, but I, I need somebody in my mind that can eat up innings in the middle of the rotation that at least you know can come in and get you five or six innings each time he goes out and, and gets on the bump. And, and that, that's my priority um, because otherwise I think we're going to see a piecemeal pitching staff. Yeah, I, I, I think we are no matter what happens. The other thing about signing relievers to short deals and catching lightning in a bottle with them is they become really valuable trade assets. 
Um, so you you know you sign him, you pay him for half the year, and then you trade him. If you're not going to be good anyway, that that can also turn around some really uh, high end prospects for you too. One other note on baseball before we take a quick break and then get to Brian Haney. So Major League Baseball had its first lot, draft lottery, uh, similar to what basketball and hockey do. As it pertains to the Royals, does not go their way this time. They had the fifth best odds to get the number one pick, and they will pick eighth, so three spots below, I, I believe, where they would have picked anyway. Uh, the Twins are the biggest winners, I believe, like normally would have picked 13th if I have it right and jumped all the way up to five. Uh, the Texas Rangers did well, I think, moving up three or four spots. The A's, Oakland, uh, draw, you know, they had as good an odds of anybody and they drop all the way down to number six. So an interesting wrinkle for Major League Baseball in the draft lottery and a necessary one, I think so that we don't have a situation like we had with the Astros to build their dynasty where they just go out and lose 100 games for four or five years in a row. Fans don't deserve that. Um, so I, I'm I'm glad they're doing this. I, I'm pretty sure I'm on board with it. We, we'll need to see it over time, but doesn't go the Royals' way this time. Uh, it was an yep. interesting night. Yep, it's a bummer for the Royals that, uh, you know, they had really good odds to land that number one pick, and then they ended up, you know, now they're going to pick eighth. Um, so that's a bummer for sure, but it does – seemed to me that this is a more equitable way to determine a draft order. And and there's a reason why the NBA and the tanking. NHL. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a reason why those two leagues have embraced this. Um, so I, I do think it's the right thing for Major League Baseball to do. I like it. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney, joins us. Been a long time off for Jayhawk basketball. And we got to start to talk a little Liberty Bowl football as well. Haney joins us next on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. everybody it's been a while uh, since we've been able to talk KU hoops they get this long break Bill Self with all the time in the world to really dig in on this roster we get the news of the Liberty Bowl as well to go through all of that we're going to bring in the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks Brian Haney Jad hit it 
It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. And we welcome in Brian Haney. Brian, welcome. It's uh, It's been a busy time on the calendar. You guys get uh, a minute to catch your breath here this week. What are you doing with all this free time? No basketball this week until the weekend. You got all this time off until the Liberty Bowl. Just kicking back, relaxing, not worried about a thing in the world, are you? <laughs> yeah, if only that were true. Uh, now, this is the time of year we, we go around the state. In fact, next week, next uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I have to look at the calendar. We're in Wichita. We make these treks across the state for our round ball luncheons with Coach Self and Coach Snyder. And so we've been doing that and uh, obviously getting ready for uh, the prep for Missouri and Arkansas as well. But uh, certainly an exciting time of year to have football still to talk about. But uh, definitely nice to get a little bit of a break here in the basketball schedule after a busy month of November. This is you know, inevitable every year. They get, they get a stretch like this during stop day and finals week where the guys don't have as much basketball to focus on so they can get their, their finals taken care of academically. But it's also a great time for Coach Self because – he tell you, this is a young team that needs a lot of extra practice time to smooth out some rough, rough edges and get this club where he would like for them to be heading into conference play. And so uh, the fact that we played on the 1st of December and then we only have four games the rest of the entire month means a lot of practice time. And the guys might not like that as much as the coaching staff does. Bill Self's definitely fired up about that. And we'll find out from Coach tonight on Hawk Talk just uh, how they're coming along and, and where he's seeing strides made because definitely you'll you'll take the, the start they got off to, obviously, with just one loss at this point. But even in, in a nice start with a couple of quality wins, you definitely feel like, particularly in the post and, and, and with some other areas, there's – Definitely some improving to be done. So Bill Self will be on the airwaves tonight at 6, and, and we'll get an update then. But in the meantime, rest assured, nobody's putting their feet up relaxing too much. There's still a lot of good stuff going on, even on the bye week. Well, Brian, the last time that we saw the Jayhawk basketball squad, they took on Seton Hall in the Big 12 Big East uh, matchup there. And Kansas with a comfortable 91-65 to victory. Uh, the Jayhawks shot 57% from the field in that game. They've got some time off, obviously, until the big matchup with Missouri this weekend. Your takeaways from the game against Seton Hall, and then, of course, we know that Missouri is no slouch under Dennis Gates. What are you looking forward to in this um, upcoming matchup this weekend? Well, to start with Seton Hall, you know, it wasn't nearly as close to the game as we thought it might be heading in. Not that we expected it to be neck and neck, but I think the odds makers had it as a nine-point Kansas uh, advantage heading in, and they end up blowing them out 91-65. On paper, Seton Hall had been the best defensive team in the Big East based on field goal percentage and three-point percentage, and yet Kansas you know, lit them up, and, and we saw that Kevin McCullough or Javen Wilson both have three threes in the game. We, we saw you know, excellent individual career high efforts out of K.J. Adams and Ernest Uday in the interior they both set personal bests. It was one of those uh, rare games where all five starters score in double figures and you get a guy off the bench in double figures. First time since 2019 that we had six different Jayhawks score double figures points. So that was great to see. But uh, beyond that, I think that uh, you know, Kansas realizes that it's going to get a lot tougher these next two games. 
Missouri is vastly improved over the club that we saw a year ago. I think it was 102-65 last season. Absolute blowout. And uh, you know, Kansas this time around is facing a 9-0 and team. And uh, we're definitely, you know, mindful of, of, of how difficult this is going to be, how raucous of an atmosphere it's going to be going into Mizzou Arena against an undefeated foe. But then after that, you have Indiana, uh, who's, you know, the, the class of our non-conference schedule to this point. I think that, um, you know, clearly it was impressive to beat Duke in the Champions Classic, but as young as Duke was, particularly in the second week of the season with all those freshmen, uh, and as good as Tennessee is, uh, I think Indiana might be the toughest team we faced. And so that'll be on December 17th, and there'll be no look-ahead factor there because, as I said, Mizzou's undefeated, and they're going to bring a great challenge, especially after the blowout a year ago. So, But my, my point is I think the December schedule, very spread out as we talked about, not a ton of games, but it kind of ascends in, in order of degree of difficulty. So Seton Hall was, was not quite the challenge we thought it was going to be. Missouri will be much tougher, and then Indiana, uh, the toughest of those three. And then, you know, they wrap it up after that. Um, their final game before Christmas will be against Harvard. And then you're in the league schedule after that. So it's it's going to be upon us in a hurry here, the Big 12 slate. But uh, these next couple of games, you know, sandwiched around, finishing up your finals academically and all that are two really tough tests. And if Kansas can get them both, man, you feel great about these six-ranked Jayhawks because those are definitely – resume building type wins you know indiana i think is top 10 caliber and missouri remains to be seen how good they're going to be over the long haul because their schedule to this point uh is softer than most but uh no doubt much much improved team from a year ago and definitely you know heading over there expecting a dogfight for sure well, that's what I was going to ask you. How good is Missouri? How much of a test do we expect out of Missouri? We know the atmosphere should be intense, right? Uh, the rivalry renewed a little bit here. Um, is there concern here? I, I, I watched Missouri. They're not bad, but they're not as good as KU. Yeah, I mean, there's always concern uh, when you're going on the road against a major conference opponent. And, and like I mentioned, I mean, there's still a lot of talent on this team. They've got five guys averaging double figures, and and the balance you know that I just talked about Kansas had in one game. They've had most games, but you know they, they've not faced anything close to Kansas, so it's it's hard to imagine. Obviously, Wichita State gave them a good fight. That was a four point game, but beyond that, you look at the Missouri schedule, and you know it's it's SEMO and it's you know Houston Baptist and teams like that. And so uh, I think when they go up against a club that has three McDonald's All-American freshmen and a preseason All-American like Jalen Wilson. Well, we'll find out real fast just how good they actually are. But definitely, you know, expect this thing to be as, as much as KU will have been tested because we played some neutral court games. We haven't gone into an environment like that where they're all against you. And and for our Kansas team, I mean, there's nobody really on this team that understands, you know, the intensity of this rivalry because while they did play him last year, that was a home game and, Different kind of deal when you go over there and, and the, the fan group, the antlers are, are you know, jeering you and, and targeting you with very specific personalized uh, taunts. And, and they, they try to get a hold of your phone number somehow and do stuff throughout the week leading up. I don't know if any of that's been going on or not. But, I mean, th- this is as intense as it gets, and, and our players haven't encountered that. So hopefully they can weather the storm and handle some adversity if it comes early uh, and know that this Mizzou team – is absolutely out for some serious revenge. But uh, to answer your question, 
I'm not sure, Jacob, just how good they are because you know we haven't seen them face anything any cl- close to what Kansas will present. And obviously, Wichita State, you know, pushed them to the brink, and that, that's maybe the, yep. the most uh, you know noticeable opponent they've had at this point. So I'll be really interested to see how it goes down on Saturday afternoon. Brian, of course, one of the big questions that I think we've even talked about when we've had you on the show uh, with Kansas basketball has been the play in the post. And I thought in that Seton Hall game, Ernest Uday had some really good minutes off the bench, 10 points for him off the bench. Of course, K.J. Adams is playing in that five spot, you know, starting the game, uh, you know, there. Uh, 11 points for him in 16 minutes. Where do you think the development of the bigs stands right now? Of course, it's not going to be that long from now until Kansas is in league play and they're going to be going up against, you know, really talented bigs in the conference. Where do you think that development stands right now? Well, we'll find out tonight on Hawk Talk if Cam Martin is coming back Saturday or if the following week is more realistic. Coach Self had said last Thursday that Cam was targeting a return versus Missouri, but there's a chance it might need one more week on the injured shoulder that occurred back in the preseason. Similar injury to Jalen Daniels, by the way. Not exactly, but similar. Um, and so he's going to help, but he's he's a stretch for. He's a three-point shooter. I I don't know what to make of, you know, how Bill Self likes to utilize his bigs versus the, the way he plays, but he's definitely going to help because he's a veteran. He's a guy that's, you know, according to reports of the behind-closed-door scrimmage they had with Illinois that wasn't publicized or, or, you know, distributed the box score or anything, apparently he looked really good in that. And so we'll see. I'm glad if he is able to return this week or next He's getting in a few games before league play because, man, once you get into January, roles are established. Rotation starts to be, you know, trimmed down. I'm not saying that's going to be the case on this team with so much youth. It'll probably still be in flux for a while. But I'd like to see what Cam has, and then maybe we can answer that question a little bit um, more knowledgeably because he's kind of the, the unknown wild card. If this was let's make a deal – He's behind curtain number two, and we have no idea what's back there. I mean, we know what he was when he played for Jeff Boshi, uh, but you know, this is again very different competition, and and we'll see. But because to me, I mean, based on the way Bill Self typically plays his bigs, and based on what this team needs, it's very clear in my mind the highest ceiling for this club's potential in March and April is for Ernest Uday to become. Not just, you know, I'm not going to say he needs to be a star as a freshman, but he needs to be, you know, similar to what Kansas was getting out of Udoka as a rookie prior to his injury as a freshman. You recall Kansas was left with just Landon Lucas at the end of that year because Doak got hurt, but but Doak was disruptive before that. He was he was going to Madison Square Garden and and you know getting double digit rebounds and doing things like that. I think Ernest, you know on a per game basis should be an eight and six type guy. That's not asking too much. Uh, six, honestly, in terms of rebounds is, is not asking enough, but conservatively speaking, if he were to get more minutes, um, he has by far the best pedigree to be what we need our five man to be six, 11 in height, seven, four in wingspan, good feet, runs well, great lob catcher. His post moves are very raw at this point. Um, and, and they're going to get better. He's one of those guys that with all this extra practice time, hopefully he'll, he'll have a little more confidence on some of the little things offensively. But as a shot blocker and shot alterer, he gives us our best chance because K.J. is 6'7", 
And and you know I don't know what kind of defender is Cam Cam Martin is to be honest, and so we'll we'll see. But uh, uh, you know you look at Zuby and and Zuby's had his good days too. But there's no doubt the guy with the most length and the biggest upside is the McDonald's All American five star big man. And it was good to see a career high game out of you know Zuby or not Zuby, but um, out of Ernest the other night. And uh, I think he did a lot for his confidence. And I, I think he's one of those guys that once the light comes on. Look out, he's going to be special. We're never going to be a team within this season that plays through its bigs. We're going to play through our wings for sure. But if you had something formidable down there that the opposition at least had to respect, that makes us so much more multidimensional and so much more dynamic. And so I, I think to answer your question in really long-form fashion there, Tommy, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely earnest that gives us our biggest ceiling. But, yeah, I mean, we've got something in Cam Martin that's been on campus for 18 months, and nobody really knows what he is because we haven't seen it in a real game yet. So maybe Saturday we'll offer that opportunity. Uh, realistically, though, knowing how tough these next two games are going to be, I think, like, the true indication of, of what Cam Martin might be doesn't come until Harvard when he gets some extended run. But that will help us fill in some of those blanks. You'll notice the name I didn't mention is Zach Clements. Jack obviously had uh, you know the broken nose and concussion symptoms uh, after the, the North Dakota State game early in the season. But even before that, Zach hadn't separated uh, you know as much as you'd like him to separate from the competition as a guy that's had an extra year on Zuby and Ernest. It was you know pretty much even between those three outside of Cam Martin, and, and that's disappointing. And that's not to be critical at all, but. Uh, if some guys make a big leap between year one and year two. Others, you know, have a, a slower, more steady ascent. And, and his has not been as dramatically upward pointing. And, and that means, you know, realistically, he's, you know, right now probably there with Zuby behind Ernest. And, and Cam could leapfrog both of those guys uh, and be right there with Ernest because Zach hasn't quite had that that uh, maturation just yet. But that's not to say they're, they're giving up on him at all. Uh, some guys are slower bloomers than others. But that's kind of how I see it right now. And, and hopefully, you know, Ernest is everything we think he could be as the season gets a little bit deeper. Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us now. And let's switch gears a little bit. First time we've had a chance to talk since the big news of a Liberty Bowl. I love the Liberty Bowl. I think of the bowls available it you know, has as much history and fanfare and fun as any of them. I've been there covering one before. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Interestingly enough, the opponent when I was there was also Arkansas. They traveled well. They were super into it. They made it fun as well. I think this is a good one. I think, I think it's a good barometer in the team that they'll play, and I think it's going to be a fun experience for fans who've been waiting so long for a bowl game. What are your thoughts on the Liberty Bowl? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, I think, uh, you know, it, it was becoming increasingly clear it was going to be either Memphis or Phoenix. And, uh, you know, for Kansas fans, this one's a little easier to get to. It's not as easy to get to as it is for Arkansas fans, though. As you know, this is kind of right there in their backyard. And so they'll have a great contingent. So many times, though, bowl games come down to who wants to be there more. I think we, we touched on that briefly last week that, uh, you know, I've done bowl games even last season. I did the Gasparilla Bowl, and Central Florida beat Florida, and it was so obvious how much more Central Florida wanted it. And Florida had numerous players that had tapped out and weren't playing that day because they'd already entered their names in the NFL draft. And 
we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting as we get closer to the 28th if there's a guy or two on the Arkansas team that ends up not playing because he's already put his name in the draft. We'll see how much Arkansas is jazzed to be there. They're definitely going to have a good uh, fan representation, and so I, I don't worry about this being one of those games nearly as much. But this was a club at one time had much different aspirations. They started the season ranked in the preseason top 20 at 19, climbed as high as 10th after a 3-0 and start, and then you know went through some midseason stuff like Kansas did uh, and stumbled a bit. But both 6-6 six and six clubs, they both got – Great quarterbacks and running backs. The run game matchup is going to be really fun to watch because you got big time guys on both sides. And then, you know, with Kansas, I, I think you should be bullish if you're a Jayhawk fan thinking about our chances because, as we discussed last week, Jalen Daniels versus K State looked like the Jalen from September. He was running again, they were executing the option pitches, he was throwing the ball, not a ton downfield because of the rain, but the arm looked good. The feet were on display, and then you saw Craig Young and Lonnie Phelps defensively look fresher, more explosive, more disruptive. Kansas was not a healthy team in late October and for the bulk of November. They were finally getting healthy at the end of the year, and and everybody goes through that. All teams do, but but Kansas had it hit some of their most key players. I mean – Two of those three guys I just mentioned were second-team All-League, even with the injuries they had. It might have been first-team All-League had they not you know, had their respective setbacks health-wise. And so um, I'm excited to see Kansas three weeks from now be as healthy as they've been since the opener. And uh, you're not going to get everybody back, obviously, but, but you're going to have most everybody ready to go and extra skip in our step. And in terms of the want-to factor – who wants to be there? Who wants to win? This is our first bowl game in 14 years. This is a big deal for our entire program. Of course, our guys are going to come out with their hair on fire. So tough matchup, good team. You know, anybody from the SEC obviously was going to be a great challenge. We found an SEC team that wanted to play us, but uh, we're fired up. It, it's oh. going to be a fun day, no doubt. And uh, and we played them was twice. Was that a shot fired? That's it. Was that a shot Arkansas? fired, Brian? Was, was that a shot fired? No, it's an observation. Just an observation. Uh, but, no, we, we played them twice. It's kind of like uh, it's, it, it's a little bit to me like Kansas-Wisconsin in basketball. I can't believe we haven't faced them more historically. But looking forward to it and definitely think it's, it's going to be of, of some of these bowl matchups on paper. This one has a chance to be back and forth. Who possesses it last? This is going to be a great, great football game, at least on paper heading in. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Brian, we'll have uh, we'll have some time to continue to break down that matchup. Make sure everybody's playing. Get through all those details as well. Uh, enjoy the basketball this weekend. I know that's going to be a lot of fun in Columbia as the Jayhawks get to renew that rivalry just a little bit here. Uh, we appreciate it. Pre-game coverage. What do we have on the broadcast coming up this weekend? Let's see here. We're four fifteen on the tip. I think I think Crimson and Blue Show is going to start at. Uh, uh, 245. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have uh, good coverage for you. And I, for one, I know not everybody in Jayhawk Nation was thrilled when they got Mizzou back on the schedule in basketball and football, but I've missed it. And, you know, there's generations of, of kids now that, that don't know anything about how intense this used to be, how great this rivalry was. And quite frankly, to call it like it is, this rivalry was better than the K-State rivalry because it was more competitive in both football and basketball. 
K-State, you know, obviously has had our number for 14 straight years in football and Kansas for many years, even though the games were close, you, you could always count on a sweep of K-State. With Mizzou, it was much more back and forth. And obviously the intensity going back to the Civil War, far beyond sports, uh, you know, was a lot more heated than anything else we've been a part of. So I'm excited we got him back on the schedule. And I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see this renewed in football in a couple of years. So no shots fired. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. But uh, it is fun, though, to talk a little bit of smack and, and to, you know, definitely, uh, you know, have something to anticipate with real rivalry intensity, unlike anything else we have. So let's look forward to it on Saturday. Guys, thanks a lot. And thanks to the Mattress Hub for sponsoring these reports each and every week. You can find them at mattresshub.com, Wichita owned and operated. I put my money where my mouth is and bought my own Mattress Hub mattress, the purple mattress back in the spring and summer. And my back, which had been a wreck before that, is feeling as good as it's ever felt. I'm so glad I did it. You can do the same today. Great holiday specials at mattresshub.com. Fellas, we'll talk to you next week. Getting set for Indiana. And uh, thanks again for all you do. I appreciate you. There goes Brian Haney. Brian, we appreciate it. You'll hear Brian in the call this weekend against Mizzou right here on KFH. If you missed any of that conversation, you can always find it at kfhradio.com. Tommy and I will be back to wrap up hour number one of Sports Daily next. Make some midweek magic with Light the Lamp Wednesdays at BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a $25 wager on any NHL player to score a goal on Wednesday, and you'll automatically receive $2 in free bets for every goal scored in the game, up to $16 in free bets. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the Light the Lamp Wednesdays promotion to receive a $2 free bet for every goal scored in the game, regardless of your prop bets outcome. Take your shot every Wednesday at BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Uh, Hour number one in the books. We're going to come back with Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director. Before we do that, want to tell you about a giveaway and give you a chance right now to win tickets to Disney's Avatar, The Way of the Water. You can catch it at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square on Thursday, December 15th. That's a week from tomorrow, a 7 o'clock showing. All you got to do to win a four-pack of tickets to that is call right now. We'll take our second caller during the break here. We'll get Kevin Saul ready to roll at the top of the next hour. Sports Daily on this hump day continues next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.